Thanks again for all who continue to listen. Now, Season 3, Episode 18, The Underdog. So, I don't know if y'all know, I'm actually a member of Alta Mesa Church of Christ, and that's in Fort Worth. And so, my parents live in Fort Worth, and we go back and forth, but when I'm not able to go to Fort Worth for church on Sunday, I watch it online. And today, uh, Micah gave a great sermon about Paul, and it it allowed me to sort of self-reflect. Um, it started off the series, and y'all are interested, y'all can watch it on YouTube, um, Altamesa Church of Christ. And basically, he read a scripture, and let me read it uh, to you. It's 1 Corinthians 9, 22 to 23. Let me bring that up. Sorry for the pause. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. And this started reflecting about how I am as a surgeon and as a Christian. And also, I've, uh, I rounded yesterday. I'm actually off this weekend. But when I operate on Fridays, I try to round on Saturdays if I'm available because um, I don't want to just cut and run. And I had a patient who um, had a complaint, and I heard them out. And I actually told them about when I've had a complaint before and how... Um, I felt the same need that I wanted my concerns to be heard. And I feel that I relate a lot to my patients. And maybe it's because, and I don't like to say this, but me being a female and a minority, sometimes my, my complaints or my concerns or even like patient safety concerns, I really don't have a big ego I don't really, like, have a lot of demands, and the people who work with me know that. But when I'm always putting the patient first, and if I have any patient safety concerns or anything that alerts me, sometimes those concerns go unheard. And if, no offense to my white male colleagues, but if they say something, people jump. And I realized that, and I've gone through life that way, but I don't... It doesn't give me, quote-unquote, a phrase I use, a chip on my shoulder. I have learned that that's just how this world is. And because of that, when other people have concerns or when my patients have concerns, I relate to them. And so I have, and I think this passage really spoke to how I was able to make it through residency and training and first of all having my faith first and then my dad I I know and this is what I try to teach Talia and it's sort of difficult because of my my living I have a comfortable lifestyle now I usually all my extra money 
besides saving it for savings and retirement, I, I like to support charities. And usually I do this like very low key. Um, my nurse, Kathy, usually makes jokes about how much I support things around me. But I like to give um, to causes. And so I live very comfortable, like, um, you know, middle class. I have three cars. Of course, uh, they're not fancy. Well, I have a 2021 Trail Boss pickup truck, and I have a 2017 Tahoe, and I have my trusty Hummer. I think that, I wonder, I want to say that's 2008, but I mean, not fancy. I do live in, on a nice home on 10 acres in the country. Um, I bought it. I redid it. Um, so I, I, I probably live in the top, per, you know, several percent in America just because of what I do, but I hate nepotism and I constantly tell Talia that she is not going to be a doctor's kid. And I remember my dad, my dad grew up very poor. And I, and I've said this on this podcast before he had, he didn't have running water. He had a wood stove for heat. His floor was the actual foundation and it, it he, he, he only was able to take showers at school, like very poor. And so he taught me that your competition is not just the people locally. Your competition is people that you don't even know. And you have to keep thinking of yourself as the underdog. And actually, I was talking to my mom before church this morning, and she was talking about how Deion Sanders really, like, everybody's talking about how Colorado blew uh, TCU or how they, he won the game. And if he's anything like my dad, you know, and what my dad tried to instill in me is you got to be hungry. You, 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 you have to work while other people aren't. And I remember getting up at 4.30 in the morning and running with my dad and studying during high school because I was like, no one else is getting up at 4.30 in the morning to work out. And my dad would do his Bible study and everything, and I would work out and study and finish up homework. And it just put that drive in me. And so I am a workaholic, but I'm trying to have life balance. But I was always the underdog, and it was because people always doubted me by my appearance, by my gender, by my ethnicity. But how that enabled me to do well in neurosurgery training is I remember we had seven people with attrition during my whole, from when I started to when I left, and, you know, and none of them were me. But if you had probably set me beside all of them when I started, you would have and you said seven people were leaving the program, you probably would have put me in that, that bunch, maybe because of, you know, our preconceived notions. But because of me always being the underdog, I always had a hard work ethic. But I feel, and this is just a note, like the passage from Paul, and even for the non-Christians that are listening, I think... The reason I have been able to do well as a neurosurgeon is because I try to relate to each and every one of my patients. If they're rich, 
I am I understand that mentality. If they're poor, I understand that mentality. If what type of insurance, I understand that mentality. If they're veterans, if they served our country, I understand their mentality and what they went through. If um, they're single moms, single dads, I have worked around their schedule knowing that, you know, their their surgery schedule, when they would be the least traumatic when they're in surgery. I had one of my patients was a widow and uh, and her, and it wasn't, she, their, her husband had died, um, and he had had complications from actually a spine surgery and that wasn't done here, but I was, but I was her doctor. And so when she underwent spine surgery, her, her son, who was probably around the age of Talia, sort of had a PTSD moment and anxiety. And so I made sure I understood that and I tried to help her deal with the anxiety her son was going through because what he saw with his dad. And so there's so many aspects of people's life and I understand financials. And when I order tests, I decide, is this a test that really needs to be ordered? because the patients are gonna probably have to pay for it or, or have some deductible. Is this, you know, is this what we need? Is it gonna change what I do? And so I've seen a lot of healthcare providers that just order a lot of tests, um, not thinking twice about the financial responsibility of the patient and whether or not they're gonna be able to do that. And so when Paul says that he becomes like the weak, I th think it's that he, understands where people come from and sometimes as us as Christians or even healthcare professionals us not hearing people out and understanding people and where they come from is what limits us but also us continuing to have that hunger and not take life for granted and so I think in hindsight, and I was actually reading a book, and it was about, well, it was just about how society is set up, and it's really, and even in, in nature and animals, and there's no hierarchy. It's the masses. It's, it's the people. It's the individuals, and that's what I feel like sometimes politicians, celebrities, a lot of people lead by ego, and they forget who puts them in that position. And it's the everyday normal folk, just like you and me. And it's when we tend to, you know, think that we are better than others, that's our downfall. And how do I say this the right way? And my staff knows, I say, I'm the people's neurosurgeon. I do have VIPs, but I also treat non-VIPs, and I treat them the same way as I would treat a VIP person. And I learned this by VCU because we had, it didn't matter if you were insured or uninsured, the residents and how the program set up and the rounding and the operation was done exactly the same. 
And I know this is just sort of rambling. And so I'm going to summarize. You don't, the underdog is driven. But the Achilles heel of the underdog is forgetting where they came from. And even though currently my lifestyle is more comfortable, you can't forget who made you and where you come from. And actually when I was in Virginia this summer, I had actually donated some money for the resident fund to help with education and, and um, travel to conferences. And Dr. Mathern came by and he said, I really appreciate what you did. And I said, well, I appreciate what y'all did for me. And because of what y'all did for me, I can give back. And so as I was talking to my mom about the underdog, about how Colorado beat TCU, also how me as an underdog survived residency training. Also listening to the sermon this morning about Paul and Christianity and Paul's approach to understanding the people he was with, not being above them, but relating to them in that passage. I think it's good for us to reflect how are we as social media makes us try to appear that we are better than others, maybe we need to realize that we are just as good as others around us. And maybe we need to reach out and lift each other up so we can all be better as a group and not as individuals. Thanks again for listening. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed.